Uh, wasn't that wonderful to watch? Now all future Springbrook leaders can be dismissed. Uh, what, a, what a wonderful run it has been and how God has blessed our ministry in so many ways. One thing we do every anniversary is kind of get a feel for how long people have been here. Now, in the last couple of services, not everybody has stood up, okay? So I want to encourage everybody to stand up. If this is your first Sunday, I want you to stand up. Okay, based on the location that you came up to. <laughs> Way to go. All right. Thanks, guys, for being our guests so much. Thank you so much. It's great to have you. And that's what we're about here at Springbrook is first-time guests. It's just honoring them and helping them to feel comfortable. And uh, this is God's place for them. We would love to have them as part of our family. Well, let's uh, talk about way, way back at uh, Lake in the Hills Elementary School. If you came uh, to Springbrook and became part of our family at Lake in the Hills, uh, we were for the first uh, three years, why don't you stand up? Okay, anybody here? All right. Let's thank the Lord. Thank you so much, guys, for your faithfulness. How about uh, Jacobs? I'm going to hear from the Jacobs period of Springbrook. All right. Let's thank the Lord for them. Then how about uh, this building, which include everybody else who hasn't stood up? <laughs> All right. Thank you. Thank you so much. Yeah. You, again, mean so much to me. In fact, I was uh, looking at Paul's thoughts in Ephesians chapter 1, verses 15 through 16, as I was reminiscing. Uh, my son Wesley put that video together, and we were going through pictures and things of that nature. And uh, Paul writes, For this reason, ever since I heard about your faith in the Lord Jesus and your love for all the saints, I have not stopped giving thanks for you, remembering you in my prayers. And I am just so thankful for all of you. I want to thank you for remaining faithful to God's ministry at Springbrook. In any family, uh, you have good times and you have challenging times. It might be an interpersonal thing where somebody gets mad at you or you get some mad at them or miscommunications. But you just don't leave the church for that reason. Uh, you stick with it. You work things out. Sometimes the church goes through challenges corporately, which certainly we've been through. And uh, people stick with the ministry. They stay committed. And I especially want to thank all of you who have stuck with us through challenging times. God is so good to us. And I want to thank you for loving. That's what he says here. Loving the saints. Alice Wiley did her funeral this past week. She attended Springbrook for five years, and uh, her small group, anybody who could attend, they were there just loving her, loving her to the very point of death and saying goodbye to her. That's what we want to do as a church. We're not a church with small groups. We're a church of small groups. That's why I encourage you so much to become part of a small group because then you're really going to feel what Springbrook is all about. But I am so thankful for all of you and what you mean to me personally. Our mission statement here at Springbrook is to build passionate followers of Jesus Christ. That's what it's all about. Telling the gospel and helping people 
they grow up in that gospel once they come to the Lord. Romans 1, 16 and 17 sum it up so well. Paul writes, I am not ashamed of the gospel. The gospel is the good news that Jesus Christ came to this earth, the God-man, and he paid the price, the penalty that we deserve for our sins, and he was crucified, buried, and resurrected. That he lives today and he offers salvation for us. That is what our church is all about. Getting that good news out. Allowing God to work in people's lives and using us to guide people to Jesus. But it doesn't stop there. It says, for in the gospel, a righteousness from God is revealed. A righteousness that is by faith from first to last, just as it is written. The righteous will live by faith. Now, let's look at that, verse 27. For in the gospel, righteousness from God is revealed. So, when you become a Christ follower, God viewed you as a sinner. You were condemned with a penalty because of that sin. But Jesus Christ sacrificed, wiped all that sin out. The penalty, penalty was paid, and now God positionally sees you as righteous. You have no more sin in your life. Now, practically you do, but the way God sees you is that you're righteous. That's why you can have a relationship with Him. So righteousness from God is revealed when a person experiences the gospel. A righteousness that is by faith from first to last, just as is written, that righteous will live by faith. Now, here's the key, friends. You come to Christ. Now, many people come to Christ and they try to live out the Christian life on their own. But no, the righteousness that you received at the point of salvation continues in your life through the power of Jesus Christ. And that's the only way you can do it. The righteous will live by faith. The righteous will not live by their own efforts, but the righteous will live by faith. Every day we need to wake up and say, God, I can't do what you want me to do. So I pray that Jesus Christ would empower me to do the impossible, to live life for you, to, to see your righteousness more and more in my everyday life. Life, So that's what we do here. We introduce people to Jesus Christ, gospel and power, and then we teach them, okay, this is what you need to do. You need to depend upon Jesus every day to live out the life that he desires you to do. And the only way you can do it is total dependence upon him. We seek to grow people up in Jesus Christ. So let's take a look back and a little bit of a look forward and what God is doing in His family here. And we'll look at the five purposes of the church. This is Springbrook's strategy. The five purposes of the church. To celebrate, to connect, to contribute through giving, ministry, and evangelism. Let's start out with worship. Celebrate. The worship gatherings that we have. Now, throughout the centuries, God has commanded His people to come together on a weekly basis to worship Him corporately. You look at the Old Testament. The Jewish people came to the synagogue, wherever they were in Israel. Every Saturday, they had a time of worship. And then they go to the temple at different times to make sacrifices. But the synagogue was their church. Every week they were there. And it's the same today. It's on Sunday now, no longer on the Sabbath day uh, or the weekends, Saturday and Sunday. But the point is, is that this is what God wants. He wants us here every week worshiping Him 
together. And I was thinking about it. And, okay, we got 15 years. The first five years we had like one service a week. Uh, the second five years we had two services a week. In the last five years we have three services a week. So that means that we as a family have come to God in a corporate gathering on the weekend 1,560 times to worship our God. Let's thank Him for that opportunity, huh? 1,560 times we've come to adore our God. Now, what have we done? Well, it spells it out so beautifully in Psalm 100. Shout for joy to the Lord, all the earth. Worship the Lord with gladness. Come before Him with joyful songs. That's what we did earlier in the service, right? And when we do that regularly, what happens? Well, you learn things. Know that the Lord is God. We need to be reminded constantly that we are not God. Because most of the time we act, we act like it, right? We're running around trying to control life. No, we're not God. It is He who made us, and we are His. We are His people, the sheep of His pasture. If you really understand that, that you are God's people, you belong to God, you're a child of God, it transforms the way you view life. Psalm 100 goes on. Enter His gates with thanksgiving and His courts with praise. So come to Springbrook Community Church with thanksgiving and praise. Give thanks to Him and praise His name. Thanksgiving to Him should always be on our lips. For what do we want to remember in worship? For the Lord is good. Isn't that so true? The Lord is so good to us. Every good thing that you experienced this past week was from God. His love endures forever. Here on this earth, in the life to come, His love will surround us. His faithfulness continues through all generations. That's why it's so important we come and be together on a weekly basis so we can remind ourselves of these wonderful truths about who God is so we can recalibrate our lives so we can get our heads straight from the world trying to mess it up throughout the week. Well, worship has changed a lot at Springbrook over the years. This is how it started out. Uh, what's wrong with that picture? <laughs> I'll tell you what's wrong with that picture. I'm in it. I'm on the worship team. Now, there's nothing wrong with Krista. She did a wonderful job on our worship team, and she went on to be a part of our drama team and lead it. And now she's helping with producing our services, and she's been a real gift to our church. But I shouldn't be there. <laughs> I was leading worship. I was doing the announcements. I was teaching just too much of Dan. <laughs> All right? But uh, God has brought us a long way. In fact, as I reflect back on different uh, worship leaders that we've had, I, I think it was the second Sunday that the couple that was going to lead our worship just quit on us. That's what happens in church plants. Uh, so Kathy Brewer stepped up, and Kathy has such a heart for worship and is so gifted, and uh, she carried our worship ministry for several years. And then Terry Hughes, we hired her, and uh, she was with us, I think, over 10 years. And Terry just is so, uh, so many skills, uh, gifted in music, gifted with people, working with people. She knows how to put a service together. She really 
matured our worship ministry here at Springbrook. And then uh, we had Dale Benson for a year. He had a heart for the Lord. And it just emanated from him and how we led our worship. And now we have John Hathaway. And John just uh, loves the Lord so much. He's on our overseer board and uh, very gifted musically, has a heart of celebration. And, uh, John, we appreciate what you're doing uh, and leading us in worship. Just an update, we are still looking uh, for a full-time worship director. John has another job. <laughs> so, <laughs> he's a busy man. He's just doing it part-time, but does a great job. And so the point being is that continue to pray with us. And we'll find that right person uh, to step in here and lead us to the next level at Springbrook. So, uh, great worship leaders over the last uh, 15 years. Now, one of the things we want to do to invite people more into worship is to make our facility uh, more welcoming, to warm it up a little bit, to remodel the atrium and remodel the children's area. So we took a year-end offering last Christmas, and we raised $40,000. You gave forty grand. Thank you so much. Isn't that wonderful? Celebrate that. Yeah. 20000 went to our home makeover, 20000 to the Belize Mission Project. Well, we've been working on this home makeover project. And this is our current team that we have, myself and Bill Zaletti, Bill Sigma, Pastor Rich, Mary, uh, Laura Schrubber, our children's director, Mel Searles, Pastor Justin's wife. Uh, she co-led it initially with me, and it's a lot more work than I thought <laughs> in terms of figuring out, okay, how is this stuff going to work? But hopefully we'll be done by next spring. We want to be realistic. We want to do it right with the limited resources we have. But right now, just to give you a little bit of a thought here, we're going to move the Welcome Center over to that side of the atrium. It's going to be a ministry center, and we're going to put a seating area in there and a, a, a bookstore kind of nook. Uh, we could sell some books. We're going to have a cafe and tables and seating and coffee and other things that uh, people can enjoy on Sunday mornings, a new welcome center, and uh, it's really exciting. And we'll tell you more about that in the future. And then with our children's area, uh, we're going to redecorate the walls, add some equipment, put some registration computers in, and... We're excited about it. And what you'll see over the next who knows how many months is we're going to stagger this. We're going to be doing this. Not like one Sunday will show up and it'll be done. <laughs> but uh, we're going to add new things as we get ready and the project uh, proceeds. But if you have any questions, please talk to me or one of the members of the team. We'd love to fill you in more on our plans. Or if you'd like to be involved more as we get down to the nitty-gritty in terms of people actually doing these things, put your name down on the communication card. So I'm excited about that. Uh, the other thing is our Belize mission trip uh, that we took a year and a half ago. And we were so inspired going down there to Belize, right on the uh, Caribbean. And it's a, a mission, and we support the missionaries, John and Mel Bjorn. And, and their mission there is to help people have a first-time missions experience. And 40 of us went, and they accomplished that. Uh, we got a good dose of missions for a week and then also they minister to people in a little place called Gales Point, one of the poorest areas of the country. And so we were led to say, hey, we want to bless this mission. And $20,000 is a lot of money uh, for a mission. 
And we said, we just want to bless them. And let's see what your funds did. Uh, this ATV uh, we bought uh, for them, it's just uh, very muddy down there during the rainy season. And again, you just need a four-wheel vehicle uh, to get around. This truck uh, I was in, and it needed to be overhauled. So they used a portion of the funds to overhaul that truck. And so now it's like brand new. And so we're thankful that we could do that. And also they had a hurricane, which caused a lot of damage, so the funds helped in doing that. One of the things was to put a new roof on. The roof was old, and it was damaged even more by the hurricane. Uh, so we put a, a roof on the main lodge, which was really a critical need that they had. And then also uh, we uh, bought them a shuttle, which you'll see in this next picture, uh, a shuttle for them to take missionaries from the airport uh, to their location, uh, to take people from Gales Point around. And they came up to the United States because it's cheaper. They had somebody drive all the way up and stay here and then drive all the way back. But they were able to have the shovel that was given by God uh, through us. Isn't that thrilling? Wow. All right. Let's praise the Lord for that. huh? It is so meaningful to be used by God. And God is using you in these practical ways. So that's worship. That's one of the purposes of the church, and uh, we're working hard at that, worshiping the Lord. Let's talk about connecting. Connecting. The way we do that is through small groups. Let's look at the classic passage on small groups. Small groups have been around since the beginning of the church, Acts chapter 2, 42 and 46. It says they devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching. So you're doing small groups. Apostles' teaching is the Word of God, the New Testament. And to the fellowship. What does fellowship mean? Well, it's Christ-centered relationships. It's not just two Christians talking about the bears. They need to be talking about their relationship with God, right? And that's what happens with small groups. To the breaking of the bread. Communion. Sometimes small groups participate in communion. And to prayer. Oh, that's such an important part of small groups being carried through in that way. Every day they continued to meet together in the temple courts. That was their worship gathering. They went to the temple courts uh, to meet together, sing together, things like that. They broke bread in their homes and ate together with glad and sincere hearts. Now, that's a secret to any really good small group is good food. It's right here in Scripture. You can't argue with me about it. They ate together, all right? And if you're going to eat, you might as well have good food. <laughs> so encourage all you small groupers to bring a lot of good food uh, to your gatherings. But we at Springbrook are a church, not with small groups. It's not just one of our ministries over here. We are a church of small groups. We're just a bunch of small groups coming to meet together to worship. And I just exhort you as a new series starts here that you get involved in a small group, that you get to know other people. Because that's really when Springbrook becomes alive, when you start those relationships and there's encouragement and there's love and there's support and all those different types of things. And I encourage you to do that. Uh, again, we've developed our small group ministry over the years. Uh, I think of HB Brewer. Here's a picture of their family. And uh, I am so thankful to HB and Kathy and their family for the many ways they sacrificed. They sacrificed so much to invest in this ministry. And he led our small group and a lot of other ministries. 
And uh, he built into our DNA doing life together. He said that a thousand times. And it's so true. We want to do life together. And I'm so thankful that God brought HB to our church as well as he brought the rest of his family. Kathy, of course, she was, again, our worship director for a time, and she was involved in a lot of other things. And then Jim and Joy Delir in the middle there. Uh, Jim worked in production, and Joy was our children's director for a time, did a wonderful job of serving our kids. And uh, HB's son, Josh, and Anna, uh, his daughter, uh, were all, they were all involved. And uh, we're so thankful uh, for the Brewer family. Well, three years ago, God brought a new associate pastor, Pastor Rich and Carolyn and uh, their wonderful, beautiful, godly daughters uh, into our midst. And uh, Pastor Rich, he is uh, a whiz. I mean, <laughs> he handles more details uh, than I can imagine. And I delegate a lot of things to him. He's always afraid to pick up the phone or read his email. <laughs> But I tell you, he takes everything I give him, and he has such a passion for God. He has such a passion for people. I call him the Hound of Springbrook. His, he'll just continue to pursue a person that needs care, that needs support, that needs, he needs to have a conversation with. And he'll just continue to pursue them because he loves uh, them so much. He's administratively so strong. He's taken our small groups to a... A new level and many other ministries. Again, he's doing all different types of things for us. And I really encourage you, Pastor Rich, Pastor Justin, uh, take some time this week, uh, if you feel so led, and write them a note. Email them and tell them how uh, you have been ministered to by their ministry to you. Let them know you're thankful that they're part of the Springbrook family. Now, it would be kind of hard to reach Pastor Rich this week because... He's going on vacation. Now, where do you want to go for vacation? Well, he wanted to go to Uganda. <laughs> so, he has a friend there was a missionary. That's a missionary that he's known for quite a few years. And he and John Pushbara was out here earlier. They got the mission bug in Belize. So he's going there for a week and a half. And so you'll be praying uh, for their safety and praying that Pastor Rich will be uh, refueled. Because he manages the church when I'm gone this summer, and definitely it's time for a break. Uh, so, so thankful for Pastor Rich and Carolyn. Carolyn works in our children's ministry. And uh, next week, we are beginning a church-wide initiative entitled "Emotionally Healthy Spirituality." Now, that's a mouthful. Now, I knew if I put that on a banner or postcard, people go, "What?" <laughs> so I rebranded this series called calling it Jesus Can Revolutionize Life. Jesus Can Revolutionize Life. In fact, I don't go back to it, but I don't know if you saw our banner out there. Uh, but I love that banner because it's the gospel, right? That, that is the gospel. Jesus Can Revolutionize Life. And, and so many people drive by on Algonquin Road and they see the gospel and the Holy Spirit speaks to them. And we pray that they uh, would respond. But uh, we're going to be doing this series. I'm going to be teaching. Uh, we're going to have the small groups do a DVD and a study along with it. Many of you already know that. Uh, the youth group will be doing it. So I encourage you to go today and buy the book uh, that you'll be reading. This is uh, Peter Scazzaro. He's a pastor out in Brooklyn. And he has done a wonderful job of unpacking Scripture. We're going to be reading through the book and 
teaching about it on Sundays and you have a small group workbook, you, you should buy as well. But friends, I tell you what, I have never been more excited about a church-wide initiative than this particular one because this deals with the serious issues in our life. You see a iceberg here, and you've heard this analogy before, that our life is like an iceberg. Now, the top of the iceberg looks pretty small comparatively to the rest of the iceberg. And the top of the iceberg is what people see. It's what we see and believe about ourselves. And we know a little bit about what's beneath, but many times we don't want to go there. We don't want to go to the emotional pain. We don't want to go to the emotional baggage of our family of origin. Uh, many of us don't have very healthy emotional lives. We're struggling. And God wants us to have a healthy spiritual life, physical life, emotional life. And that's what we're going to be talking about. How do you have a healthy emotional life? Well, we look at this diagram here. We want to love God well, love other people well. But you know what? We want to love ourselves well. And some of us don't love ourselves. And so we're going to pack that and talk about how through emotional health, through your relationship with Jesus Christ, you can view yourself differently. And contemplative spirituality, that is taking time alone with God, learning how to do that, making it a priority in your life, and let Jesus continually transform your mind, especially your emotional health. Some of the messages we're going to be stepping through, the problem emotionally, health, unhealthy spirituality, studying the life of Saul, know yourself that you may know God, talking about uh, the life of David, going back in order to go forward, uh, the idea of looking back at things that have happened in your life. We're talking about Abraham and Isaac. Uh, no, that one we'll look at Joseph. Journey through the wall. We're going to talk about Abraham and Isaac. Uh, then a larger soul through grief and loss. Uh, we're going to look at Jesus Christ in the Garden of Gethsemane. Discover the rhythm, rhythms of the daily office and Sabbath. And taking time to be alone with God daily and weekly. Grow into an emotionally mature adult. And go to the next step to develop a real life. It's going to take us right through Thanksgiving. And I encourage you to say, I'm going to make time for this series. I'm going to take time to be alone with God. I'm going to take time to really let God speak this into my life. And for whatever reason, you can't be involved in a small group. Please go back and get all the materials, get the small group workbook, and really own this series. I believe God's going to work mightily uh, in our church. So that's all about connecting through small groups, Christ-centered relationships. Uh, the next area is contributing. That is giving. Giving. Paul talks about the people at Corinth and how they gave and how it impacted them and impacted others and impacted God. This service that you perform is not only supplying the needs of God's people. That's why we give, right, to help other people out. But it is also overflowing in many expressions of thanks to God. So what that says is when we give, God is so encouraged. God, it makes God happy. It's like a sacrifice. It's a sacrifice of praise to Him. And I was thinking about it this past week. And through the Springbrook family, God has used millions millions of dollars. Our family throughout the years has given millions of dollars to the kingdom. Isn't that great, huh? All right, let's praise the Lord for that, huh? Yeah. Yeah. And, and there are a lot of different places that it went, but one of the main things is where are we going to meet? The first place we met was in my home. Lori and I arrived in 1995. We spent about nine months raising funds 
uh, going to different people, casting the vision. In 1995, that fall, we started meeting with this launch team that eventually grew to about 16 people. Uh, and we couldn't find a place to meet until finally God brought uh, Lake in the Hills Elementary School. And that was a great place to meet. I can always remember talking to the gym teacher who was very protective of her gym floor. And she said, well, you know, everybody's got to take their shoes off. And I'm thinking, what? <laughs> so I gently explained to her that that was not a practical idea. Maybe for her kids, but not for a whole congregation. Here we are worshiping at Lake in the Hills Elementary School. We were there for three years, and God opened up uh, Jacob's High School. Boy, that was an incredible place to me, wasn't it? Well, uh, God provide His faithfulness once again. Uh, you'll see here the sign that we hung up every week for six and a half years. And here's a shot from the rafters of us worshiping together. And uh, we also met at the Holiday Inn uh, one summer when they were doing uh, construction. But God gave us a great place. And we were given $320,000 uh, to put up a building, uh, buy some land. And so we started looking for land, and uh, it wasn't as easy as we thought. Uh, it was hard to find land. But finally, uh, God provided a possible place. It was on Square Barn Road on the west side of the street, uh, just south of the campus that's now there. And we really thought that was a place. We were about to sign on the dotted line, and I ran into Tom Hell from Tom's Market over here. And I said, Tom, you know, I'm any property for sale. And I said, i got some property for sale. <laughs> so... God gave us this incredible location right on Algonquin Road. We don't know the blue portion, own the blue portion, but the red and green portion we do own, 14 and a quarter acres. And it is still a miracle that we sit here and all. Let's thank the Lord, huh? Yeah. And what an incredible ministry facility God has given us. I, I, you know, I, I bring people in, and I'm used to it, and I say, well, this is a beautiful church, man. Let's thank the Lord for that, huh? Again, His faithfulness. His faithfulness. So, God has taken care of us. God has blessed us. God has touched our lives. And here's just a picture of uh, a concrete church, the drive-in church, and finally uh, close to completion there. And again, last week we talked about the fact that we are a 911 calling center. We talked about 911 and how 911 calls were so important. But we are a 911 calling center. When people are in emotional or spiritual danger, who do they call? Well, God put us here. We're His representatives. We're the 911 calling center. It's nice to have a building. Initially, when we built the building, I say, Well, how'd you find out about the church? And they kind of look at me and say, Well, I drove by it. <laughs> For 20 years of ministry, I did not have a building. <laughs> I've always met and rented facilities. And uh, it's great to have this 911 center. In fact, we got an email this past week from a neighbor somewhere around here. They can see our building and say, I can see your building. I'm going through a crisis in my life. Can you talk with me? Well, that's a 911 call, right? He called the right place. And we're looking forward to talking. Uh, to him. Uh, haven't had a chance yet. We've emailed him and stuff like that. But uh, that's what it's all about, friends. You now, being there for people who are hurting, who need to find the right solution uh, for their problems. That's Jesus Christ. Now, uh, we do have a prayer concern in terms of our giving this year. We had a surplus in giving in 2010, but this year uh, we're struggling. Our 2011 budget up to last. Sunday, up to last weekend, 
our budget should have been, or the money we should have taken was 861, 861,000 to meet our needs. But our offerings up to last week have only been 740,000. So we have a shortfall of $121,000. That's a piece of change, uh, isn't it? Now, thankfully, uh, God has used different things, and uh, we've been able to manage things, the ministry leaders and staff. And so we're still just barely, just barely in the black. But if this giving trend continues, we're going to go into the red. And why, why is this? Well, we're not quite sure, but here are some different thoughts we've had. Uh, we've had families relocate. Uh, two overseers out of eight move this year. This never happened before. We never had an overseer move while they were serving their term. Uh, and a lot of mature givers moved. And uh, families changing churches. Uh, that certainly happens on a regular basis. But, again, we've had some... Significant families leave a family's giving less. And this is probably one of the things that stands out the most, and that is 80% of Springbrook families gave less than they did in 2010 through July. So we did a study in July, and I reported this in my giving statement letter, and 80% of families are giving less than they did the year before. And that just accounted for $100,000 of the loss so far in that year, and that continues, of course. Uh, we don't know what the number is right now. Uh, but, yeah, we need to pray about this. Uh, we, need to, we need to pray that God would provide for our needs. And God puts us in these situations so that we might lean more on him, just like in our personal lives, and say, God, you know. First of all, we have to say, okay, what can I do? Uh, what do you want me to give to the ministry at Springbrook to support us? Uh, and the work that we're doing uh, for you. So you got to look at your own heart. And I find that, uh, of course, the economy. I mean, so many churches are struggling with this. <laughs> uh, and some of you have lost your jobs, and it's so understandable. But I think sometimes we're very conservative when we're going through these economic challenges in our nation. And so we become conservative and say, well, I can, maybe I can't give as much to God. But what the Word of God says is that God wants you to give. He's commanded you to give. He's commanded you to give generously. And I'm so glad God is a model for this. I'm so glad doesn't issue a bulletin saying, oh, well, my resources are low, so I can't bless you enough. I've got to be a little bit more conservative here, okay? But the point is, is that we need to continue to have faith in God. And He's going to provide for us personally, and He's going to provide uh, for our ministry, and we need to step out in faith and watch and provide for us and take that step of faith of giving. And we're not even sure where it's coming from sometimes. And God has, we've been here before, and God has provided. And I know He's going to provide again. So uh, we just need to pray and give it over to Him and claim the promise found in Philippians 4.19, and my God will meet all your needs according to His glorious riches in Christ Jesus. And such a comforting verse. But to pray that prayer with faith. All right, so we've talked about the purpose of uh, worship. That's the biblical purpose of the church. Uh, connection, uh, fellowship, contributing through giving. And now about ministry. That's another purpose of the church, to do ministry together. That's the whole idea of dispensing God's grace. We talked about that last week, that God gives us His grace to faithfully administer. And people do that in different ways. And we've had some... 
wonderful pastors along the way who've done that. I think of Brad Hughes. There's a picture of Brad and uh, Terry and the family, Taylor and Brody and Braden. And they are such a blessing to our family. Brad uh, just had such a passion uh, for youth, and he had a passion uh, for people and a passion uh, for God. And uh, he was a dynamo and uh, made us laugh and uh, just touched a lot of lives. And we're so thankful uh, for Brad and for Terry again, our worship uh, leader. I was just with Terry on Friday night. We were at a wedding here, and uh, she said things are going very well for them. So I'm very thankful. Uh, but then God brought us uh, Justin and Bell. Wait a second. Something's different about Justin there. Oh, wait a second. This is a picture from 10 years ago, okay, <laughs> when they were here for a year or so, and they said we'd love to be on staff. And they just continued to feel led. And 10 years, God brought them here on staff. Here's more of an updated picture. And uh, what a beautiful family they are, uh, just beautiful people. Uh, Pastor Justin has been such an encouragement to me. Uh, he just has a love for kids. If your kids are not involved in the program, talk to Justin. I know there are challenges with getting kids engaged, but Justin will do anything he can to get your child involved in the junior high and senior high. He's got a great bunch of leaders. Uh, he um, just uh, has a beautiful ability, a spiritual ability to connect with kids, to know where they're at. I mean, I just sometimes sit down and listen to him, and I say, wow. You really know a lot about that, you know, where I, I don't know where I'd start in some situations. Uh, but I'm so glad about how God has gifted him. He ministers to the adults as well and teaching. And he coordinated our whole ministry fair uh, that we're about to experience again after this service, an opportunity to step into ministry. Uh, so, again, be sure to thank Justin uh, for all he's doing and the sacrifices they're making and Bell's involved in our home makeover team. But the verse that we studied last week was First uh, Peter 4.10. Each one should use whatever gift he has received to serve others, faithfully administering God's grace in its various forms. So each of you have a unique gift. And I want you to take out this survey here, this first serve survey, okay? And uh, if you didn't have a, sign, a chance to sign up last week, we had 121 people sign up for a first serve. That's incredible, huh? Yeah, that's great to see people stepping up and stepping in. So, again, take a look at this and fill it out, and you can try some particular ministry out. And then afterwards, be sure to stop by the tables and talk to the volunteers. Uh, but one example of a first serve, not a first serve, but somebody who's using their particular gift is Chris Schmidt here. There she is. Chris, please stand just for a moment. Okay, please. I know you don't like to do that. Okay, let's give Chris. Oh, no, 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 no. Let's thank, stand up for your landscaping and thank her. Okay. Yeah. You know, she puts tireless hours out here. And I want to show her, show you some of her landscaping. You know, the most beautiful part of her church is behind the building. Let's go back. Okay, well, that's fine. You've got to go behind the building. Everybody circle the building today and look at this. This is a beautiful garden. And so, yeah, you can go ahead now and just hear some different shots of that garden. I just look at it and say, oh, <laughs> that's unbelievable. <laughs> you know? And then she's beautified our sign and other parts of our facility. Just take a tour. Just take a close look. Uh, thank you so much, Chris, for how you've blessed our ministry. Yeah. Mm. But you see, that's the point. Everybody uses their unique abilities and their gifts to bless each other. So, again, I want to encourage you to get involved in ministry. Fill out that form. Let us know what you're interested in. 
And finally, I want to talk about evangelism. Evangelism. Acts 1.8 sums it all up. But you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes on you. And you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem and all Judea and Samaria and to the ends of the earth. We have the power of the gospel to get out into our community. And you've seen our postcard now. And this piece of mail could change your life uh, forever. And 47,000 of these are going out tomorrow and Tuesday to be in prayer. Please be in prayer that God would use these in people's lives. And again, give these out. We have packs of ten. Take packs of ten. Put them on your neighbor's doors. Uh, Put them at your place of business. Put them wherever you can. And you never know how the Holy Spirit is going to use them. People hold on to these. I was talking with a family that came from our turtle postcard last spring, and they were looking for a church, and they put the turtle on the kitchen table. And eventually they checked this out. They have a long shelf life, one might say. So I encourage you to, again, uh, get those out and pray over those. Then we have our baptism. And really, our baptism celebration tonight at 4 o'clock is the ultimate worship service. When we hear people testifying to how God has changed their lives. And I want all of you to come back at 4 o'clock. The Bears game will be over uh, unless you have a previous engagement, something that's planned that's really important, I want you to be there. I know some of you, oh, I'm going to miss my nap. Well, I'm going to miss my nap, too. I need two hours just to get through the weekend on Sunday uh, afternoons. And, hey, listen, you know, this is our harvest celebration. This is what all the work that we do, every job that's done in this church is to see people come and find Jesus and grow in Him. And you're going to hear stories tonight. You're going to see people testify to the life of Christ. We're going to have our band back. Uh, it's just going to be a great time. Obviously, the weather, uh, we would love to have it at the lake, but the weather is not cooperating. So please be with us. And we'll have emergency cots in the back in the back if you need to lay down. It's just too much. But uh, <laughs> Finally, just a personal note. I, I want to thank you uh, for being uh, my friend. Friends, um, I want to thank you for the ministry that you've had in my life, um, your confidence in me and uh, your patience with me. Uh, Fifteen years ago, I was a different man. Fifteen years ago, I thought that I was weak. Now I know that I'm weak. Fifteen years ago, I thought I was broken. And now I know I'm broken. Fifteen years ago, I thought I couldn't get through a day without depending on Jesus Christ's power. And today I know I can't. Because uh, life is much more complex than it was. And I've grown to know Jesus better. And I just, I've got to cling to Him every day. I've got to depend upon Him. Fifteen years ago, I thought I was weak. Now I know I'm weak. But the only encouraging thing about that is that God specializes in using weak vessels. And I'm one of them. And I'm so uh, grateful to God that He's able to use me. I'm so grateful to my wife, Lori. Thank you so much, babe. We're walking for 15 years. And another five years up in Nina. This is this adventure together that we have. We've sacrificed so much. You've been so patient uh, with me. And uh, you've just 
been my support and love. And I appreciate that so much. Thanks for loving my kids at West Down here. I don't know where the rest are at, but uh, yeah. Thank you for um, for loving them. Thank you for teaching them. Thank you for modeling the Christian life for them. Uh, they're 16, 18, and 21. And this church has transformed their life. And if you have kids, if you have kids, make sure they're here every time there's an opportunity for them to be here. Because that's what this family is about. It's about helping raise your children to know and love Christ. I've seen it in my own life. Let's pray. Lord, thank You. Thank You for Your faithfulness over 15 years. Thank You for these wonderful people. Thank You for all the people that have come and gone for different reasons that were part of You building this family. All we can say is thank You. It's all about You, Lord. In Christ's name.